The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. So, Sylvie, thanks for hopping on real fast. So, I just wanted to ask you a few Cubs questions, so I'll get right into it. The Cubs are playing pretty well overall, this current California road trip aside, but what I'm curious is, if this team is in first place or just outside of first place at the deadline, do you like them basically going for it or, you know, not selling? Because I know Jeff Passan was on Waddle and Sylvie last week saying that he thought selling was kind of out the window now. What do you think about that, looking at it long-term-wise? Yeah, and it's the million-dollar question. I think that if you're playing well and you're in first place and you're doing what the Cubs were doing last week and they don't come back down to earth, like if they go back to like three over or four over and they they stay that way like up until the trade deadline, they're basically playing sub-500 baseball from the start of June when they were nine over. So if like... If they're only like three or four over, you've played two months of five under baseball. And that to me shows you that you're not good enough to win much. And like I, I'm not gonna pull the plug on a team that's that's doing really well, but I'm also not going to just stamp pat with a team just because they're in a crappy division. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. we were what we were talking on our show today was I just look at the Cubs rotation. And I say, really, who do you want starting in a in a seven game series from that rotation? And right now, I think the only answer is Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they have another. You know, I like Alzelay; he's a young and up and coming guy. I would feel good with Alzelay starting a big game for me in the postseason. And Jake's over the hill, and Trevor Williams is super inconsistent. I, I just don't think they have a a team that has a postseason rotation right now. Yeah, they could definitely use a U Darvish right now. And I guess I don't think they're going to go out there. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to go out there and get a guy like Scherzer. I mean, do you think this team not only doesn't sell, but do you think they would actually go out and actually bring in like an impact player, impact pitcher? You know, I, I, I'm for it if they keep like playing unbelievable baseball where the bullpen, if they continue to do what they did the first couple of months, and, you know, if the position players are hitting and half rebounds and other guys are, are delivering, I'm more for all that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean... If they had Darvish and Hendricks, and then you'd go out and get Scherzer, mm-hmm. now you've got the makings of something, but I think you've already hamstrung yourself by just making that Darvish move, move to start. Yeah, and when they traded Darvish, I thought, yeah, it could make sense in theory, but then they got the, the return that they did, and I'm like, okay, what is this team doing? They're just kind of bringing in these these uh, wild cards, these lottery picks. So it's not even like they brought in, you know, guys that are going to be around to maybe contend for the the big league roster in the next year or two. Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, even a Wilson Contreras. Which ones are you placing? Like, if it was up to you, which ones are you placing a premium on in terms of locking up if you could? And which one would you be, I guess, kind of okay letting go if you had to let them go? Like, if all things were equal and we're paying them the same amount of money, it's a no-brainer. It's Chris Bryant's number one. But 
that's where, you know, the financials come into it. Like, is Scott Boris going to make you sign a 10-year deal because he's going to get it from another team? He always does. Just when you think he's not going to get that big deal, that $300 million deal, he finds a way to do it. Now, Brian's older than some of the, like, when um, Machado was on the market at 26, and, and same with Harper. But um, so that's where it becomes weird with the, with the different levels. Like, I think signing Contreras, and he's a year and a half away, and I like signing guys when you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Because now all of a sudden it's not like, oh, my God, I got to trade him or I got to sign him. And I'm going to Wilson a year and a half ahead of time. I know that he's a guy who's going to be a great catcher for me. And if he doesn't catch when he gets older, he has already shown in his career that he can play a corner outfield spot. The DH is coming to the National League so he can get him off his feet and you don't have to catch him as much. Play him a little bit in the outfield. He's versatile in the in the lineup. He could lead off Wilson Contreras. So, like, if you could get him, we threw it out at the other day. Like, if you could get him at five, five at one twenty-five. If you go to him early and say, "Look, sign this deal," and if he's willing to sign five, one twenty-five, one fifty, I I love the idea of going to Wilson Contreras and signing him. Yeah, I, I I agree with that too. I mean, like you said, he's got a still a year or so away from free agency with Chris Bryant. If let's say the Ricketts was like, yeah, I'm gonna do do whatever it took to keep him. Would you want to give a guy like Bryant, you know, ten years, three hundred million dollars? Are you thinking he's already gonna be what thirty or above thirty soon? Uh, I don't want to give a guy this kind of contract. Right, right. It'd be thirty nine then. I mean, yeah. And then like we've seen what. You know, some moves when you did get Darvish and when you did sign Hayward and when you you have these the the situation they have with a luxury tax, uh, tax that you have to trade just to trade. Mm-hmm. So I love having Chris Bryant on the team and I think he's worth a lot of money. But what I just don't want to have happening is you be in a position when you may have a World Series team and you may have to get under a tax or that, you're, you know, you just have them signed for so long that it's it's going to prevent you. Like, who's going to pitch for this team? Right. That's the other part that I want to know. I mean, uh, that's a lot of money going into one position player when I, I still believe they have a long way to go in the starting rotation. And then even like a guy like Rizzo, I don't think he goes anywhere. I think he comes back. But another guy over 30, he's kind of has the back issues every year. Are you worried about a guy like Rizzo, even if it's like a four-year deal? Not as much. And I think that's where, like, I, I just don't think he's going to cost you as much. So what, the Cubs went at him at like five for, I think they went at, they offered him like five for 70, which is super low. And I think yeah. he wants five for 125. Yeah. So look, if you could if you could come somewhere five for 110, I really don't think for a guy who's meant so much to you, and again, the DH is coming, there's a lot of different things, and he, his glove is still really good. Mm-hmm. That I don't think signing Anthony Rizzo would prevent you from doing a lot down the road. 
Yeah, I agree. I think Rizzo definitely comes back. I think he's perfect for the team. Uh, and even with Baez, I like what he does when he's hot and when he's able to hit the ball like he's been doing a little bit lately. But we saw a bad he started off in April. And do you worry about Baez if they were to somehow come to an agreement? I guess the money wouldn't be quite as astronomical, maybe. But, uh, you know, it's kind of when he's hot, he's great. And when he struggles, he struggles. It obvious to me is the, the most confusing for me as a fan. It's just as far as what to pay him. You know, and how much do I want it locked? Do I want a guy that I know is only going to get on base at like 31%, mm-hmm. even in his good seasons? You know, he's like a career, I want to say 304 on base guy. He's really dynamic. He'll let you some big home runs. He'll have some great base running moments like we saw. He's going to, you know, make tagging in art form, sliding in out art form, but is that worth $200 million or whatever it would cost? And I think out of all of them, he's the most confusing as a player because I think Rizzo, you know exactly what you're going to get. And maybe you do with Javi too, but is that good enough to get that much money? Right, exactly. Yeah, the last thing I'll leave you on is, you know, when when it comes to this Cubs team in 2021, it's not... It's definitely not the 2016 Cubs, but this team kind of has a bit of a different vibe. And I've liked what I've seen, obviously, over the last you know month and change now. And we'll see if they get back to it after this California trip. But it's kind of a shame that it's kind of maybe coming together in some ways in all these guys' walk years. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe they maybe have a chip on their shoulder. I don't know. But it's like, you know, we talk about the pitching. Like you said, I agree. Outside of a Hendricks, and even he's kind of, you know, inconsistent or has the home run issue. I like Hendricks. I trust him, but and I like Alzali going forward in the future, or you know, other guys in the bullpen. But I agree, the rotation's kind of that's a big question mark. So it's just kind of it's fun, but it's kind of like I don't know how fun it's going to be depending on how this team plays out the rest of this this season and going forward. Yeah, yeah, and like I think again, the Darvish move just completely confused everybody. Yeah, and I've been saying on the show the last couple of weeks that I believe this all started with Castellanos. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the Castellanos player himself, they got everything they wanted. They traded for him at, at the deadline from Detroit. He loved it here. They loved having him. His teammates loved having him. He became a great offensive player. You could have had him for four years, 60-some million, and they chose at that time not to have him. Think of you at Darvish, who is now – and finally, after all the work you put into him, right. established himself as one of the, the true game changers. And Castellanos is one of the best offensive players in the National League. Those are two guys that you had who you loved and you wanted to, to have on your team, but you just couldn't make it work because of the money. And that's why all these money decisions are so important going forward so you don't pass on some really, really great players in the future. Yeah, even Kimbrel, he's another guy that's finally looked really good this season, and he might be at the gone to the deadline, obviously, but it'll be fun to see how this season keeps going on. Thanks for hopping on. I just want to say also that I'm glad that you're doing much better after last year. So be strong. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah, I appreciate you, Chase. You know, you've, you've, you've been a, a big fan of the show. Big supporter of the show, big supporter of the radio station. So thanks for doing what you do. I appreciate that as well. I hope you have a good rest of the night, and I will uh, I will be listening to you guys on the radio. You got it. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Thank you. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff.